one thing that worked for me was my faith in God and the fact that my husband was supportive. can boldly say that my husband walked this journey with me 100%. During that period, he was ready to cut off relationship with anybody that says anything negative about me or about us waiting. I think I should say this, that if every pregnancy results into a child, I should be a mom of nine. This is P. You're listening to Coffee and Banter, my podcast about stories of grit and resilience. I'm chatting with Ayotunde. She's an auditor, a mom, and an entrepreneur. We'll be talking about her childhood, her career, and motherhood journey. Thank you so much, Ayotunde, for joining me today. This beautiful Sunday afternoon, evening, your time. I really appreciate the chance to chat with you and get to hear your story. I think it's really exciting for me because I've seen, you know, shorthand of your story, but I haven't really heard it. So I'm very excited to get to know you and hear your story and also to share your story with the rest of the world. Uh, So thank you again for joining me this afternoon. Thank you, Fisaya, for having me. It's really a pleasure. And um, I consider this a very beautiful opportunity to share my story. I hope we have an awesome time today. Cool. So let's start from here. Uh, How do you introduce yourself to someone who just met you? Okay. I'm Hayatunde Ogumuiwa. I'm a mother of one. I'm an auditor by profession. I'm from a family of four, three girls, one boy. I was raised by a single father my career i've been an auditor been working with the same employer since i finished school and i can tell you that i'm also living my dreams this is what i've always wanted to do from school i love being part of people's success story i enjoy being kind i love impacting people i'm very huge on relationship i feel relationships are sacred to me I love traveling. Wherever I travel to, I love seeing the place at night. I want to see how beautiful it is at the night. That's awesome. So you talked about, you know, having three siblings and being raised by a single dad. What was your life like growing up? Oh, so I lost my mom at the age of seven. I had my dad. I had his sisters. His family was everything we had. So growing up after my mom, yes, I had very faint memory of her but i could still remember the songs she taught us so having a single father i he was a disciplinarian you know you see this father and you think oh this man is so strict you can't even play around him and i got to understand him better as i grew older I grew up in Akure. I'm from Owo. So I grew up in a setting whereby every weekend we go to our hometown. And so I'm very close to my extended family. And they played a very good role also in raising us. So we enjoyed that family support while growing up. Later on, I went to a boarding house. I had a very good time there. But I was very, very young when I went to secondary school. I started GS1 before clocking nine. So that really affected me negatively. I was so young to understand what what was required of me at that time. I had problems relating with people a year or two older than me. However, I was able to make up subsequently, but that was after secondary school. I belong to that school of thought where you allow children to be children. Let them live their life. These children will be in school for the next 19, 20 years. So there's no need to rush. 
I can relate. I went to boarding school at like age nine. And I think the thing that helped me was my sister was already there. So she could kind of like help me. But I, I look back on those years now and I was like, oh God, that was the ghetto because <laughs> I know I was struggling. Because as a nine-year-old, there's so many things you can't do by yourself. So, and then, so you went from boarding school to college. What did you study in, in college? Okay, I studied accounting. There's a little bit of story to college too. Um, after finishing secondary school, I had to go and receipt for my SSE. I had to go to a day school. There, I started understanding what is what was required of me. Uh, my primary school, I was an high flyer, getting prizes. But by the time I got to secondary school at that age, I was just playing. So I didn't really, I didn't really know what was expected of me. So when I had the opportunity to go to another school, I was more matured. I now realized what I needed to do. There, I became an eye flyer again. So from there, I went to a polytechnic, had my ND. By the time I finished polytechnic, I wasn't 20 yet. Immediately after my ND, I went for IT. Towards the end of the IT program, I started seeing the discrimination between HND and BSc. So the day I realized that, I just said to myself, whatever it takes, I'm going back to a university. So I, I went back. By the time I spent the second year in that school, I had an issue. I had to change my score. You can imagine somebody going from 200 level to 300 level, having to go and start all over again. All this delay, I was able to accommodate it because of my age, because of the fact that I finished secondary school at a very, very early age. I studied accounting from Covenant University. I graduated in 2008 and um, wrote my ICANN, passed my ICANN during my NYSE in 2009, and I've been working in the same firm up till now. That's awesome. And this was the same firm that you wanted to work with from your second year? Yes, that was the same firm I wanted to work with. When I was in year two, I think year two going to year three, we normally have like an IT program. I have my classmates come back from holidays and they were telling us about the big four. They were telling us about Deloitte in particular. And then I started researching about Deloitte. I wanted to just work there. NYSE, they posted me to Deloitte. My friends... Even, I think my bunk mate then, Montreal, she was like, if I didn't know that you didn't work this thing, I would have said you worked it to Deloitte. So I got back to Deloitte, wrote my test, and I started my NYSE program. I finished my NYSE program around June 2009. I had to leave. I was not retained immediately. But by November, they called me back and offered me employment. And since then, I've been with Deloitte. That's awesome. You hear different people's stories and it's almost like sometimes you just see things working out and it's like, how did that happen? So you've been at Deloitte now, sounds like over 10 years. Has the experience been everything that you expected it to be? Okay, so I was with someone last week and when I told the person my Deloitte story and it was like, do you think you can work anywhere else? I smiled. I said, one thing for me is I'm not scared of change. But I think I like the culture there. It has not been all rosy, but it's been worth the while. That's awesome. Let's take a bit of a detour. So you, you mentioned that you're a mom of one. 
And you also mentioned a little bit about your parenting philosophy compared to how you were raised. Can we talk about like your motherhood journey? How, how would you describe yourself as a mom? Fisaya, I think this is the part I've been waiting for. I got married in 2010. I had my child in 2020, so I waited for 10 years. You know, I tell people that I don't pray for anybody to wait, but it is what it is. It will happen to those it will happen to. Is how we manage that period that matters most. One thing that worked for me was my faith in God and the fact that my husband was supportive. Can boldly say that my husband walked this journey with me 100%. During that period, I think he was ready to cut off relationship with anybody that says anything negative about me or about us waiting. So let me go to the journey. I think I should say this, that if every pregnancy results into a child, I should be a mom of nine. All this, I was working. I'll lose the pregnancy today. Next tomorrow, I'm back in the office. You won't even know that there was anything wrong with me. I can get to cry myself to sleep, but I didn't really allow it affect other parts of my life. Yes, it affects it maybe when I'm home alone or maybe something that brings the memory. I got pregnant 2010 when I got married. Within six weeks, I lost it. You'll get to the hospital. Okay, it happens, first pregnancy. I think within six months after, I got pregnant again. Before I knew it, I started bleeding. I lost the pregnancy. It was devastating. Not knowing that I still have a whole journey, a whole nine-year journey ahead. So precisely 2012, I had another pregnancy. I think it was a twin pregnancy according to the scan. And it was actually an ectopic pregnancy. Ectopic pregnancy is a difficult one that requires an operation. If you don't even know early, it can lead to loss of life. I had to go to three surgery. Um, the surgery, I think I went through it on the 2nd of January, 2012. And I think on the 9th of January, I was back to work. Immediately after the ectopic, I just said, look, let me live my life. I'm not going to struggle. I'm not going to try for anything again. For me to have my life back, and I didn't lose my life through that operation or the experience of the ectopic pregnancy, then let me not struggle. It will come when it will come. I had a lot of comments. A lot of people tell you different things. Some people even tell you that you're not praying enough. And I'm like, what else do you want me to do? I'm, <laughs> the little I can do, I've been doing that. So you get comments, comments that people even, they pass to you and they don't know how deep it hurts. I recall one of my very good friends, she was in my house and uh, we're talking about how things are expensive. And she told me, oh, hey, why your own is better. You're not paying school fees. Do you know I smiled? <laughs> that if you know how costly it is to deal with infertility, you won't say what you've said. I didn't say it to her, not till now. I doubt if she would 
she would even remember that she said such but she still remains one of my closest today and um, she worked she actually walked the journey with me just trying to tell you how, ins- how insensitive people can be at times so that went on i didn't start trying again till 2014 started trying again in 2014 2015 and eventually i think was it 2016 december yes 2016 december i had another pregnancy this time around it was a triplet pregnancy and at 16 weeks i lost them again yeah i lost them again december 1st precisely so when i had that loss it was so devastating because i had all preparation i'd already started saving money doing all of that and at that point i said no i'm not going to worry myself over things i do i can't control anymore right now i need to do things that i can control that was what led me to a business school all the money i saved i just used it to pay for my business school and i enjoyed the journey it's been rewarding i had my graduation last year december all through the journey my husband i think men we used to we think that oh they don't feel all of this thing but i saw him cry he tried to cover it up but no he couldn't when he got to the triplet issue later on i started researching that what could be the what could be the reason for this you know nigeria this part of the world a whole lot of spiritual things that i've never heard before in my life some people told me i had i have spiritual husband i'm like spiritual husband from where me that i can sleep for nine hours without stop (laughs) and all of that where is this spiritual husband coming from the following year i had another pregnancy unfortunately i lost it the same way at 16 weeks so it's sort of validated what some people were thinking that look there's an issue with you two of them even happened in december so you should know that you have an issue and um the second one the second loss was also very very devastating for me i had it on the 11th of december 2017 so i told myself i wasn't going to grieve too much i'm not going to stress myself to look for a baby anymore and one particular day the day i resumed work i resumed work on the i think on the 4th of january 2018 and one of my bosses i went to his office when he saw that i'd resume he couldn't even look into my eyes he just told me i should take it easy and he said something to me ay everything has a solution you will find yours i was i was teary I went back to my seat and I I started looking for what causes recurrent miscarriages, second trimester losses. And I started and I saw a blog called Fatal Chick. I now started reading what they had there. By the time I read, I saw that a whole lot of women have something called cervical incompetence. That that is that that is the major reason for any second trimester loss. So I commented on that blog spot. Another person responded to me, and she told me that there's a WhatsApp group for women like that. She added me to the Facebook. She added me to the WhatsApp group. Luckily for me, we went to the same university. So she told me her story. We now realized that we went to the same school. She was just a year ahead of me, and the relationship started from there. By the time they added me to the WhatsApp group 
Hope Sisters Africa. Once they had you, tell them your story. I told them my story, recurrent second trimester losses. And they were just telling me, no, there's a procedure you just need to do. And from there, they gave me the contact of the doctor. Fisayo, it was a walking procedure, which is called transabdominal cyclage. I had the procedure done and the doctor told me, Ayo, even if you try to lose the babies, it won't happen. Go get yourself pregnant and you enjoy your pregnancy. Fisayo, I walked into the delivery room myself. I did not have any bed rest with that procedure. I'm somebody that sees social media from the positive side. It might have its own negative, but for me and the results I got from there, nobody can tell me otherwise. I got my results because I opened my mouth to speak. I was in the right group. I was in the right environment. I actually joined two groups then. There's also another one for waiting women. And that that group, that second group has been awesome. So that's been my story to motherhood. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I don't even know where to start from, but I know what the Nigerian society is like with fertility journeys. I know you mentioned supportive spouse and faith. How did your faith help in that period? Especially, I know like, you know, faith is <laughs> is such an interesting thing because it's, it's really hard when life is staring you right in the face. How did that help in those years of your waiting? I got to a stage where I realized that, look, if God is not going to give me, then I don't want it. I don't want it. I used to tell myself that during my waiting years, my beggar had choice. Because somebody would tell me, oh, why don't you go for this? I'll go and Google and see what my religion's perspective or what scholars, what they've said around that process. I don't like it when I want to sleep. I don't have peace of mind. My conscience is not clear about a particular thing. I think the waiting period, my husband still mentioned it made us stronger and it made me more religious. I'm a Muslim. My father was also very, very supportive. So I'm very, very passionate. I'm very, very concerned when I see anybody waiting. I'll ask you, please go the medical way. There are miracles, a whole lot. Um, let God lead you to the right point where you get your solution. That is the miracle I believe in. And that was what I think happened to me. And today my son will be three in the next two weeks. Oh, nice. He's a February baby too. Yes, he's a February baby. When I see him, I pinch him and I'm like, is this real? I, remember, I recall the day I gave birth. I couldn't look at him. They brought him to my side. I was just crying after 10. It said, look at him. Look at him. I couldn't. I was just crying. It's incredible. I'll ask you my last question and then we'll go to my rapid fire questions. Okay. What are you most proud of through your journey? It feels like you have experience in kind of overcoming life's challenges from college to motherhood and all of that. What's, what do you feel like you're most proud of? Obviously motherhood, having my son after recurrent losses. You know, when you're sort of used to bad news... So having my son, that's what I'm most proud of. It's awesome. Okay, let's do rapid fire questions. They're going to, they're just like very simple questions. Any answer that comes to your mind first is good enough. Okay, let me start from, so you said you like to travel. What's your favorite travel spot? That I would like to visit or that I've visited before. Anyone? Okay, Dubai. Awesome. Have you been or you plan to go? 
Yes, I've been to Dubai before, but there's always something to see, something new to see. Okay, what's a song that reminds you of childhood? That reminds me of childhood. So maybe any Celine Dion music. <laughs> and I think majorly to love you more. Nice. What's something you like to drink? Oh, I like pina colada. Yeah, anything that has coconut. What's your favorite thing to do? I love being close to nature. Okay. What's your favorite thing to eat? To eat. I like fried rice. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I cook it so well. <laughs> I was about to ask. Yes, I cook it very well. <laughs> nice. Okay. What's a book or a movie you'd never forget? Oh, The Sound of Music. I love the film so much that a place I would love to visit is Salzburg. Once I step my feet in Vienna, I have to go visit Salzburg. I want to go and see all the Sound of Music location. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> okay. What is someone or something that always makes you laugh? What makes me laugh? A whole lot of things makes me laugh. Maybe I like watching skits. <laughs> yeah. Nice. What is something you learned or picked up, a hobby you picked up during COVID? Okay, so writing. I started writing. Um, I was able to look in words. So I'm this career person. I've never ever thought about entrepreneurship, looking to do something different. So I never saw it coming that I can actually do something aside. My work as an auditor. During COVID, post-COVID, just one morning, um, I was just having a discussion with my husband and something came up. Oh, and he was like, oh, we can actually do this. We can start doing this. And, you know, the knowledge I, got, I gained from my business school started coming into play, you know, having to come up with strategy for the business, having to come up with structure, and I'm able to utilize some of those things better. So I think entrepreneurship is something I I, I, I have looked into, and honestly, I'm enjoying it. That's awesome. Okay, I have two more. What's your secret sauce? If I say God, will I not be sounding too? <laughs> no, I, I think it's valid. <laughs> So yes, God. God is just my source, as in my soul source. Then I try as much as possible to put extra effort in things that I do. And I know myself. I normally call myself a nocturnal human being. I'm more active in the night, but that does not mean I don't rest. I sleep a lot during the day, <laughs> except during work hours. So I know my area of strength. Awesome. Okay, the very last one. What would the title of your biography be? I wanted to say maybe never, ever, ever give up. Or a journey of hope, faith, and resilience. I love that. Awesome. This has been wonderful. I've gone through all the emotions in, on this call. And no matter what I have felt, I know it, it cannot compare to your life's journey. But I really, really appreciate you joining me and taking time to share I really do hope that people listen and someone gets hope from your story. Someone gets faith from your story. Someone learns what to do from your story. But I really just want to say thank you for joining me this afternoon, for sharing your story. Thank you very much, Fisayo, for this wonderful opportunity. I've, I've actually been looking for platforms to give back. This coming, it's actually a good one for me. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. 
Be sure to subscribe to Coffee and Banter wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be good to yourself and to those around you.